something. Somebody's arm was twisted, broken, fractured. I don't care. It's a mess. Hold on for just a second. Hello and welcome to the Gemcast. This is Alex Knight and I'm joined by science fiction writer Kay Tempest Bradford. In episode 26, Glitter and Gold, Jim hasn't been heard from in some time and Jerrica doesn't seem to care. The Misfits waste no time capitalizing on her absence, especially when Owen Beach, the owner of Discovery Records, promotes a contest awarding a gold album and a new car, the Glitter and Gold Roadster, to the winners. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. Episode 26, another episode written by Christy Marks. She took an episode off between uh, the Gem Jam and uh, last week's episode. Yes, but you know what? I, I have a theory, and this theory is not backed up by anything except for the what's going on in this episode, is that I think that this episode might actually have been the first episode of season two. And, you know, I, I only based, I don't base this on anything like that I remember from my childhood, but I, it just seems like with the whole thing with, you know, Jerrica being gone for so long, etc., or Jem being gone for so long, I feel like this feels more like the first episode of a season two than it does the last episode of a season one. I also kind of think that episode that we talked about last week, uh, should come before the Gem Jam because I feel like the Gem Jam feels more like a good season finale. But I don't know because I know that like the the season listings and whatever are are going off of the Netflix ones are going off of the ones from the Rhino DVDs. And I have no idea if the Rhino DVDs are correct or if they're incorrect. Like, I just don't know. But it just feels like this is more of a like beginning of season two. You haven't seen Gem for a while. Neither does anybody else. Kind of thing. I agree. I mean, even if this is the correct order, uh, I'd like to think that, yeah, what, what you're saying is, is probably the, the ideal order would have been, uh, I think, the Gem Jam part one and part two as sort of the, the season finale. I mean, ending it on a two-parter is not uncommon for TV shows anyways. So I don't know. Let's just go with that. We'll just pretend. Actually, you know, that just reminded me. There is... Um, there is, there was some debate from Knight Rider fans. I remember when the, uh, the entire series was released for the first time on DVD. Uh, there was a lot of debate about what the final episode, uh, actually was. And apparently, um, I think it was David Hasselhoff that actually said something about there was, there was one, one really like sort of emotion packed episode that was supposed to be the the true finale of the series which actually made sense and then the name of that episode escapes me so uh, but they they didn't end up airing them in the correct order so that's actually what might have happened in this case that could be i mean and we've even seen this in more modern television with firefly when firefly first aired fox aired the episodes out of the order that joss whedon had intended to have them aired uh, which caused a lot of confusion. Uh, you know, several people who saw Firefly at the time were like, this doesn't make any sense. And then they finally saw the episode that was meant to be the first one. They were like, oh, now this makes so much more sense. So there's precedent for people making bad decisions about episode order. We open with Anthony Julian shooting a new music video. Meanwhile, Kimber approaches Jerrica and mentions that the Misfits have a number one hit single and suggests that Gem and the Holograms put out a new album before the Glitter and Gold contest. 
Apparently, Jim hasn't been around in a while, and Jerrica is upset at the very mention of her name. Jim storms off, and Rio drops by to introduce Kimber to his friend, Max Conley, who appears to be interested in her. And Max says, you're even more gorgeous than your pictures. Uh. And Kimber, of course, just... She has like an instant crush on any guy, I swear. I mean, uh, have we've talked about that, At least any we? guy who talks, who compliments her. And this, the fact is, is that he compliments her before even saying hello to her. Urgh, I don't like this guy. I don't like him. I don't like him. I don't like him. But that's okay because we never have to see him again. But anyway. <laughs> but, well, okay. Can we talk about how they're in a mall shooting a music video? They're just, they're just in a mall. And they're on an escalator. Right, and escalator mall, and, and and the 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 group that is being that whose music video it is. Who, later on, we learn what their name is, and it's horrible, and so I'm not gonna tell, say it. But um, but just the fact that you know, Jerrica Starlight Music is so low rent that they're shooting this video in a mall, and I guess because now they have this new group, Jerrica seems to think that she can stop being Jim because now Starlight Music has a second act, and so she can just disappear the first act. But, mm. I'm so angry with Jerrica at the opening of this episode. My take is that this is just commentary on so many of the very cheesy music videos that were created in the 80s, right? I mean, there, oh, were, that's true. there were many that were, uh, I'm sure there there are there are a few that uh, took place in a mall, but uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of the videos from that era were were pretty over the top or pretty silly, or they they were shot in strange locations, uh, that that sort of thing. Yeah, that's true. But it's really hilarious how Anthony is so serious about his shop. He's like, "Now come down the escalator. Now you. Now you." And you're like, "Okay, Anthony, calm down." <laughs> anyway. Jerrica's a mess. Jerrica takes notice of Rio reading a newspaper about Jem and questions if she has any competition. Rio denies this and Jerrica becomes furious when reading a blurb from the paper about Jem's declining career. Max asks Kimber if he can see her again and she makes plans for this coming Saturday. Kimber leaves and Jeff pulls up in a motorcycle, popping a wheelie to pick her up. All right. Are you all right? <laughs> we got to go back. You spent through a lot of business there. We have to go back. We have to talk about this Jerrica Gem Rio business. We have to talk about it because, look, Jerrica keeps getting upset every time somebody mentions Gem. But I'm like, but you're Gem. Why are you so upset? And then when Rio is wistfully like, Gem, oh, where are you? She's like, do I have competition? Do you have competition? What? Woman, what is wrong with you? You are your competition. You And then the fact that Jem has disappeared, not just from recording albums or whatever, but her actual boyfriend doesn't know where she is, which means that Jerrica just decided that she was going to stop being Jem and Jem wasn't going to have a conversation with anybody about it. All of these things, none of these things make any sense. Why is Jerrica mad about Jem? And then... How can she still be asking Rio if Jem is her competition? The only reason Rio is having sex with Jem is because you forced him to fall in love with her. And you act like that didn't even happen. I have so many feels about this. I have so many feels, Alex. Make me feel better. Well, I, I don't know if I can do that. But I mean, I, I agree that it's it doesn't make sense. But uh, not only does it not make sense, but uh, why... Uh, 
I'm losing my train of thought. It got me all worked up. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. All I know is this, is that I understand that there has to be like some sort of tension between Jem and Jerick and Rio, but like, I, I just don't know where this came from. This whole thing where she's like confronting Rio about whether or not Jem is her competition as if Jem is literally some other woman. The beginning of this episode made me feel like Jerrica had a psychotic break and forgot that she is actually Jem. Maybe she did one of her little play acting things with Synergy and locked Jem in a virtual basement. I don't know. Um, first of all, I mean, yeah. Okay, I just remember what I was going to say. I was, you know, regardless if it makes sense or not, this is toxic. Like for, for Jerrica to just... You know, you've spent all this time building up this other persona, which you haven't told the closest people to you about. And suddenly you just decide one day that you're not going to be this person anymore. Like, I don't know if that was if it was her intention to do that permanently. Maybe she's just taking a, a, a break. I mean, it seems that that way. And we'll see as this episode unfolds. But, yeah, it's just um, it's it's really it's really strange. And. I don't, I mean, we can talk about this a little bit later, but I don't think it, I don't feel like I, I was really fully satisfied with the outcome of, or what, what really was the impetus for the decision that she made at the beginning to just suddenly, because I mean, right at the beginning of this episode, it just kind of throws you right in to this like situation of Jem hasn't been around for a while. So why, why hasn't she been around for a while? Yeah, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And once again, I say this is why this feels like an episode that should be at the beginning of season two. Um, and I know like and we can get into this later with the whole glitter and gold stuff. But I, I know that a lot of it was based around how they wanted to launch uh, a new set of dolls. But it, it just feels more like a beginning of season two kind of thing going on. Per, per, perhaps I'm wrong. I don't know. All I know is that Jerrica don't make no sense. She makes no sense right here. And that's not even getting into this business with Kimber, yeah, which <laughs> I love. Here's one of the things I actually really love about this whole thing with Kimber. Um, so Rio introduces her to this guy who's the worst guy ever because he doesn't even say hello to her before he starts macking on her and what whatnot. But then she agrees to go on a date with him Saturday at six. And then immediately, like not even, she didn't even stop to go to the Orange Julius. Like immediately she walks outside and she gets on a bike with Jeff. And the last time we saw Jeff, it was when he was like hanging out with her in the filming of that movie. So we're guessing that she and Jeff have been having some relations since that time, which is good because I like Jeff. He's a nice boy. Um, but, but just, you know, Kimber is very free with her love. And I cannot but appreciate that. It's, it, later on, Rio accuses Jerrica and Kimber of being two of a kind, but like in, in this particular way, they kind of are because Jer uh, Kimber is dating like five guys at once and Jerrica is four women at once dating one man. So there you go. Wow. Well, let's move on. The Misfits pull up to Discovery <laughs> Records where they are greeted by a mob of excited fans. Inside Owen Beach, the owner of the record chain is announcing the glitter and gold contest. The first group to sell 500,000 albums is the winner. A reporter covering the event asks why the Misfits are the only name on the board. Owen explains he hasn't picked a competing group yet, and of course, the Misfits claim their superiority above all others. And we cut to a music video called... How does it feel to be popular? 
So this is um, one of my top 11 favorite uh, Misfit songs. Uh, as, as you know from reading IO9. And one of the reasons why I love it is because it's a, it's a song where the Misfits are just like reveling in how much, how awesome they are. And it's nice to like see for once them just being like, we're awesome and not like spending time worrying about Jim or trying to put Jim down. They're just like, woo, we're the best. And is, aren't we amazing? And they even say that like right before the song starts. They're like, of course we're number yeah i mean this is the misses doing what they do best right yeah and plus it's just a good song like it's actually got yeah. like a nice good hook so the prize for this glitter and gold competition is a gold album which i don't know why anybody needs that but it's also the glitter and gold roadster <laughs> and of course the glitter and gold roadster looks exactly like the rockin' roadster so as that I said confused before, me well, I, again, because this is this was the relaunch. Well, not a relaunch, but like this is when they were launching the glitter and gold versions of the dolls. So like all the new outfits that you see them wearing are the the outfits that they made for the dolls. Um, and also they made a toy for the glitter and gold roadster, if I am not mistaken. So, you know, that's why it looks just like Jem's car because it was meant to be Jem's car. But I remember, so we talked about this way at the beginning of this series, way back in like episode two or three or whatever, when we first see the Rock and Roadster, when Howard Sands steps out of the bushes and is like, I'll give you a mansion in this fancy car. Um, how you, the hood ornament on the Rock and Roadster already said Jem <laughs> before they owned it. And this was something in the commentary on one of the DVDs that Christy Marks mentioned is that they had to like draw it to model. And the model was the one with the gem hood ornament. It didn't make any sense because gem didn't own the car yet. So you notice, uh, well, you didn't notice probably, but I noticed cause I was looking for it. The first time we see the glitter and gold roadster, you can see that there is a hood ornament, but you don't see exactly what it is. And I think that that's because somebody said, don't show the hood ornament until they actually own the car because it doesn't make any sense and kids will be confused. Not that kids probably even really noticed, but Christy Marks noticed. So that, that is a very nice detail. I know I did not notice. Yeah. I, I actually went back and looked because I remembered that I, from, um, when she was talking about, it, I remembered the fact that they put the hood ornament on. In the very first time we see the Roadster. Well, Jeff drops Kimber off at home and ends up double booking her weekend date plans. How could Kimber so carelessly commit to two dates for Saturday night at 6 p.m.? Jerrica <laughs> got game. Jerrica <laughs> right. is seen having a heart-to-heart conversation with Synergy. Jerrica has been feeling down lately, and it's because she admits to being jealous of herself, which is what you talked about earlier tempest that it's like you know this she's in competition with herself it's so silly it, it's and it's really an ongoing it. theme i mean we're not going to beat that to death because i mean that's just that's just what the show is about synergy tries to help by um creating a hologram of rio to allow jerica to practice divulging her secret identity things do not go as easily as jerica planned when the holograms uh, sorry, when the hologram of Rio says he hates being deceived and equally despises liars. When Rio tells Jerrica he never wants to see her again, Jerrica commands Synergy to turn off the simulation. And she's actually pretty upset in this scene. She really is. She starts crying. She's freaking out. And, and you know, I have to say, even though... Uh, hologram Rio is pretty harsh and you're like, gosh, Synergy, you, uh, all right, you're messing her all up. 
clearly Synergy knows Rio better than Jerrica does. Well, I mean, even Synergy says like, like this is a this is like my prediction based on what I know of this person's personality. This is how I'm predicting he's going to react to the situation, and it turns out. Well, let's not spoil it, but. And I will say the hologram Rio that Synergy generates, like he literally says, I hate deception and I despise liars. And I was like, uh oh, uh oh, to Jerrica's credit, she does give Rio more credit than he deserves. She's like, the real Rio would listen. <laughs> oh, would he now? Both Jeff and Max show up at the same time to pick Kimber up, but when Kimber realizes what she's done, a fight breaks out between the two men. All of this is happening in the background as we see Jerrica try to confide in Rio to tell him who she really is. This is some real daytime soap opera level action oh stuff God. right here. And you it know, really I just, is. I just want to say it was a nice touch from the animation team when you see, um, you know, when, when Rio and Jem, uh, sorry, when Rio and Jerrica meet and they're talking outside and you look through the window and you can actually see the two guys in the background. Like they're just like <laughs> silhouettes, but they're like fighting. It's so yes, brilliant. It's amazing. I mean, they, they didn't need to add that detail, but I'm so glad that they did. No, it's true. They they really actually went all out with this one. Like the whole thing, we're like two days show up at the same time. The Rio shows up for Jericho to have this talk with him. It is so amazing. And like Kimber's whole face where she's like, oh no, a double book. She's running out. <laughs> Yeah. And what happens next is is equally awesome because Jeff and Max crash through the bedroom window and land in the garden, but unharmed, of course. And yeah, this this totally just seemed like something from Days of Our Lives or something like that. It is. It is. But, you know, the fact that they were unharmed after they crashed through the window and the trellis. I'm sorry, but the two of them should have had like needed a Band-Aid, something. Somebody's arm was twisted, broken, fractured. I don't care. It's a mess. The thing that I didn't like about this amazing drama that that occurs right at this moment is the fact that these two men are literally having a fist fight over Kimber. Before she even comes in the room, they're ready to punch each other out. And while it is very upsetting when you arrive to pick up your date and you discover that there is another person there to pick up that same per- that same woman and you're hurt and confused, the fact that fisticuffs were immediately gone to, I feel like is a problem. It's all, you know, the machismo business. I don't know. I, I was a little upset about that. Well, I think they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're, these two guys are a bit sensitive, right? They're just, their manhood's being questioned, yes, according to them. Yes. And it, what, what's also weird is that the, that guy, Max, I think it was Max. He said something right. like, well, she's my girl. And I'm like, she oh, doesn't I thought that belong was... to anybody. Or did Jeff say uh, that? I think that would have been Jeff. I'm pretty sure that was Jeff. Because they, they right, already, well, they're, they've been dating for a while. It doesn't make Max, Max, this was like Max's well, was, first date with her. Right. But that, I think I remembered that simply because I was like, why would Max even say that? But you know, either way, like somebody says, Oh, she's my girl. And I'm like, Kimber does not belong to anybody but herself. Thank you. So I'm, eh, there was that. But the other actually kind of funny thing here is that Jeff is drawn incorrectly almost from the moment he walks into the house. In what Did way? you notice that? No, I didn't actually. Yeah, because Je- see, Jeff is blonde. Well, sandy-haired. He's sandy-haired. Yeah, but he's got black hair from like, even when, I, I thought at the beginning of the episode he had black hair even when he shows up I, on a motorcycle. I don't 
think so. I think when he showed up on the motorcycle, he had blonde hair or, or sandy hair. But at any oh, rate, interesting. Jeff from before, because this is the same Jeff. Okay? Right, right. Actually, that was, you Jeff know what? I, I was questioning myself about his hair. I'm like, wait, didn't it? I wasn't 100% sure. I thought maybe my memory had been uh, incorrect. And so they gave him black hair when he shows up at the mansion to pick up Kimber. And in giving him black hair, you know who they make him look like? Kimber's other boyfriend, Sean. Sean is the one with blue eyes and black hair. Oh, okay. <laughs> so All right. That's not interesting. Because Kimber double booked her date, but then they drew the wrong boyfriend of Kimber. Wow. <laughs> Come pick her up. Good job, guys. <laughs> Good job. Love it. Love it. But anyway, so a fight occurs. Men break through yeah. windows. For some reason, none of them are hurt. Yeah. And I, I just want to add one thing before we, uh, we carry on, but, uh, I don't know if, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but I, I wanna, I wanna discuss with you about why in the, for this entire run, anytime they've had any kind of romantic, um, anytime they've covered sort of Kimber's romantic life and her relationships, you know, it's not like she somehow forgets that she's actually in a relationship or dating somebody. She ends up on purpose very clearly. She's very lucid about this and tries to organize multiple dates with these guys. And it's normally I wouldn't have a problem with that. But like this is a kid's show. It's like, what kind of message are they sending? And they know nobody. None of the holograms really seem to question her actions, like maybe except for Rio, like once she's caught. But I mean, this seems like this is something Kimber does a lot. Like she just does this. Well. What Kimber does a lot is date different men. And that's the thing. And this and this is why I remember even as a kid thinking, it's really cool that Kimber is dating so many guys. And like, that's, you know, just what she does. You know, she's not she's not in a committed relationship, but she isn't slut shamed for not being in a committed relationship. Um, she enjoys the company of many men who admire her. And that's great. And, you know, early on. It's it's really sad, like, because when we first meet Jeff, you know, she's like pining after this other actor who's actually in love with Jem and Jeff has to do everything to get her attention. But once he does get her attention, she's like, oh, you're really great. And, and but then like a few episodes later, now she's hanging out with Sean. And I feel like the fact that nobody comments on it is is a positive thing. It's basically saying, hey, girls can have many guys whom they spend romantic times with as a, as a matter of fact like these aren't even the only ones because remember the dude from from hawaii who taught her how to swim competitively like sure, that sure. dude showed up you know so yeah so but just kimber just has a lot of boyfriends that I, that in itself is not an issue what the problem the one thing I, I wish that they actually did was maybe explain from like the other side like it'd be okay like if if the guys actually knew about it but to like go behind their backs and like date like to not tell the guys that she's dating, that she's actually seeing other people, the fact that they don't address whoa, that whoa. kind of bothers me. But why does she have to tell them? They're because not in committed relationships. Most people are not really cool with, like, I wouldn't be cool with somebody else, like, dating somebody, like, if I didn't know about it and they were just dating other people and sleeping with them, like... But why? Like, because that's just not the typical thing that people, you know, approve of. But she's not in a committed relationship with them. Okay, so but that's what I'm saying. That's no... what I'm saying. They don't address that, right? Like, if... well, but I think that the fact that it's just presented as Kimber has a lot of boyfriends, and no, she doesn't tell all her boyfriends about all her other boyfriends, but whatever. Like, 
there's because that that's only the kind of thing that you really need to disclose to somebody if you sit down and have a conversation about whether or not you're going to have a monogamous relationship. But that's if right. you're just casually dating, then it's just like, yeah, there's going to be okay. other people. See, I guess maybe that's just maybe I'm projecting here because I've I've had that problem in the past, like when when I was younger, a lot younger dating and that's like how do you delineate between like i don't really know what casual dating is to me like to me like even like if you're seeing someone maybe like once or twice a week is that casual like to me i don't know if you're if you're continue even if you only see somebody like one or two days a week but you've been seeing them for like let's say a period of six months is that still casual dating does that mean you're allowed to just date multiple people and not tell the other person like to me that's where it starts to get into like a bit sketchy territory well, yes but that that is a point at which you have a conversation with somebody as yes. to whether or not you are a couple right and you know i it, i don't know that kimber and jeff have ever had a conversation about whether or not they're a that's, couple that's the thing now uh, now obviously like uh, this is probably asking too much of a of a kid show but it's just something that i wish they kind of address because i mean the show is kind of a even though it is aimed at young girls it's still so soap opery like this is just the whole premise the whole format of this show is so unique and unusual that i mean there's really i can't think of any other kid shows from any time period that were even remotely close to gem and the hologram so so it's just about like the way that they yeah, just the relationship way, stuff. It, exactly. So I don't know. Maybe it oh. is asking too much. But oh, it's, Alex, you're you because I think it's because you probably don't notice all the relationship stuff that goes on in other TV shows. There actually, here's something that's really I'm kind talking of about interesting. cartoons though, specifically. No, 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 I mean, I mean cartoons. Um, in the cartoon Shira, there is actually an episode in which Aurora deals with the fact that the boy the boy <laughs> the man that she has a crush on has a crush on Shira and i remember i don't remember if i cottoned onto this when i was a kid because i don't know that Shira and Jem were on at the same time but when i was watching this as an adult not that long ago i you know started watching this episode and i was like oh my god you know Shira just got into the Jem question uh but I, I don't think that they dealt with it oh no i'm wrong they did deal with it a whole bunch because in addition to like the guy that Aurora had a crush on, who was like a pirate dude, who who had his crush on uh, Shira, there was a dude in the resistance in Shira who was also like in love with Shira, and I think Aurora also kind of liked him. So so even Shira kind of dealt with this stuff. Interesting. You know, the whole, I mean, basically it's the it's the superhero double identity question because it's the exact same thing actually that He Man dealt with all the time because right, right. Prince Adam was in love with. Tila and Tila was in love with He Man. <laughs> okay, you know I I, I did yeah. watch those shows mostly, but I just I long forgotten about those those shows. So you're right. It's just you know it, I think that the the question of specifically with with superheroes and their secret identities and who loves the superhero and who loves the actual secret identity and and on and on and on like that's that's a hallmark of superhero stuff, which is why it's really cool that you get it in the context of Gem and the Holograms and Shira, because it's not just the men who have to deal with these things. Um, and I, you know, I don't know ev- even if it's like as strong a theme in DC comics as it is in Marvel comics, but like Marvel comics is just full of it. Like just watching Daredevil just whine and cry about how like the lady in his office is, 
like doesn't love him enough or something. Just whatever. But <laughs> but it's it's fun. It, I think it's more fun in the context of a lady who who has to deal with like her double identities. But but in terms of just what goes on with relationships and with Kimber especially, I just think it's it's actually a really empowering message to show that Kimber has all these different guys who are interested in her and she she does whatever with them and she's worried about it because, you know, we haven't even seen Jeff since the last time he showed up. And, and you know, when he shows up again, we can only assume that, like, maybe they've had a conversation with each other. But he, you know, it, she never says, oh, Jeff is my boyfriend. We never see him at another time. And she's like, yeah, you remember Jeff, my boyfriend? So I don't know. I don't think that they've actually had the boyfriend conversation, but I do think that Jeff has an ownership of her that is improper. All right. Well, let's let's put a cap on that. I think that that it, I'm satisfied now. All right. Uh, so, anyways, we're back to the uh, uh, crashing through the uh, through the bedroom window scene. So, <laughs> <laughs> with Max and uh, uh, was like the that was like the the longest uh, uh, tangent away from that that scene that we've ever done. Both Jeff and Max uh, have been made fools of and decide not to see Kimber again. It's not over for poor Kimber because Rio lashes out, calling her a deceptive liar. Kimber breaks down and runs away. Jerrica, feeling protective of her younger sister, rips into Rio and tells him he should at least have listened to what she had to say. Jerrica realizes that she now can't tell Rio her secret because he clearly won't be able to handle it. Rio gets mad again and kicks over a potted plant, which I know, Tempest, you've been waiting for. <laughs> this jerk and his potted plant kicking? Oh, my God. This, that's not the first time he's kicked a plant, has it? I swear he's done that before. No, no, no. I think that's the only time. That's why it's, like, really? it's one of those things where you're just like, what do you do? Why did you kick that, that innocent plant? Oh. But I, I think it's it's more memorable because it comes at the end of like Rio. He's just losing everything because... What he says to Kimber doesn't even make sense in the context of what just happened. Because he he says, you deceive them. And I'm like, I, when did Kimber deceive them? Kimber didn't tell anybody that she wasn't dating anybody else. Kimber didn't lie and say, you well, should come but, to my house. Yeah, but that's say. like lying through omission, though. Well, not really. Because first of all, did Max ask her if she had a boyfriend? No, all he did was well, we don't know. her beauty. This is, all, this is all speculation at this point, because we don't know. We just haven't right. seen. But I'm just saying, like, Kimber... It doesn't even seem that Kimber has lied to anybody. She has not told anybody. All all she did was she accidentally made two dates on the same night. But she didn't deceive anybody. She didn't say, you're the only man that I am allowing in my life. Come pick me up at six. She just forgot. So it's not that she's she's actually being deceptive, but it's a ham-handed way to get Rio to say that line that Synergy had him say. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a bit. It seemed a bit uh, unrealistic and a bit forced. But I mean, regardless of what Rio's re- true feelings are, what whatever he thinks of Kimber, he should shut the hell up because I mean, it's really none yes. of his business. It's really not. I get that she's young. I get that. I mean, but Rio is. I don't think he's that much older than them. I presume nope. he's in his twenties and around the same yeah. age as Jem. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's none none of his business, and really, this is Kimber's problem to deal with. I mean, if Kimber wants advice and she wants to come and talk to somebody, then fine, but just don't give unsolicited advice or yeah. opinions. And he grabs her like he's because she's about to go after these two yeah, men and try he's to a talk bit, to them. Uh, he yeah, he's a bit gross her. in this. This is why Rio is the worst. The worst. I'm making such a face right now. <laughs> I bet you are. Later on, Jerrica makes her way to see Owen Beach about entering the Glitter and Gold contest. Owen tells the misfits he's considering the Fifth Avenue boys, uh, f- just 
uh, as a somewhat aside, uh, finally we get to know the name of that uh, the the three boy group uh, that we saw at the beginning actually shooting a music video. Uh, so anyway, see, uh, Owen Beach is considering the Fifth Avenue boys, which are being represented by Starlight Music, of course. When Jerrica overhears Eric Raymond saying the Fifth Avenue boys will come begging to him after Jerrica ruins their careers, just like she did Jim's, Jerrica turns into Jim and makes a surprise appearance. And she actually uh, says to Owen, uh, if we guarantee a new album in time for the contest, will you put our name up there? And he says, you'll guarantee delivery? And she says, absolutely. Well, let's see if uh, she's able to follow through with that promise. She's just promising stuff, all sorts of stuff that she can't even promise nobody. But here's here's what I want to know, though, because Eric says that, you know, Jerrica ruined Jem's career. And this, once again, leads me to go, what exactly has happened in between the last episode and this one? You know, Jem's been gone for months, whatever, but how is her career ruined? Just because she hasn't shown up to stuff? Did Jerrica, you know, it's, I mean, I know that basically Eric Raymond is just being a jerk at this point, but it's just really weird how the way that they keep referring to what has gone on in the past few months when Jem has been gone and not making records and whatever, whatever. I was like, I don't understand. What has happened? I feel like we're missing an episode. You know, the, the episode where Jerrica like runs off to a deserted island and is like, I'm not going to be Jem again. <laughs> I just, I just don't understand what's happened. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either, but, uh, and who knows if, if we'll ever know. At Starlight Studios, the holograms drop by with Jem. Rio is surprised to see her and they embrace. Jem tells Rio they have a, com- they have to complete a new album in time for the glitter and gold contest. Although the timing is difficult, Rio is confident they will make the deadline in time. And Jem says they need, uh, more than just a new album to win the competition. They'll need a new look. The glitter and gold look. And we cut to a Gem and the Holograms music video called Glitter and Gold. What do you think of the song and the video? I really love this song. Um, it's a lot of fun. Sounds like there's a flute in it. Yeah, there is. A, they, they do some actually kind of It's a synth. It's stuff. all synth, though. Well, yeah. Um, but they, they do a lot of like cool, complicated stuff with the song. And... Of course, Britta is like singing at the top of her range, especially I, in the very last. I wanted note. to I say something it. about that. Yeah, <laughs> at that, at the end, it's like she's getting to like Ma- Mariah Carey, like glass shattering territory there. <laughs> right, but this is I, I like this song a lot. This is one of my favorite Gem songs. Actually, this like all the songs from this episode actually are are among my favorites. They did a really good job uh, with all of them, and this is just really fun. Um, the the video, however, well, I like the video in general, but like Rio hit that gold tux needs to go. Just no, it's bad. <laughs> Actually, it looks gold. less gold to me, and it looks more brown. Okay, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It looks more brownish orange than gold. Well, I, and I believe the dolls, like the gold parts of the um. The dress on the dolls were actually like literally glittery gold made type of gold. So yeah, yeah, I, I like this song. It's a fun song. The, the music oh, video is nothing, nothing special though. The only weird thing is that none of the holograms are in gold. Like they're all wearing the outfits that are the same in terms of like the style and the cut, but they're all in different colors, which I don't get. I guess only Gem gets to be golden. 
Rio and just, uh, I just, I'm so mad that when they arrive and Rio sees Jim, he's like, Jim, there you are. And she goes and hugs him. And I'm like, you know, Jerrica, I realize, I, I don't even know what Jerrica's deal is, but Jerrica was real pissed at Rio the last time she saw him. And I know that Jim is supposed to be a different person. And maybe that's why she's like, woo, uh, when she, when she goes and hugs him, but Jim is Kimber's friend too. Jim can show some solidarity with Kimber. And also, why does Rio say, lady, where have you been? You left town literally without saying anything to me, and I'm supposed to be your man. Well, he's dumb. He is dumb. Case closed. I hate him so much. <laughs> Eric arrives at the seedy hideout of the Skulls Band. Uh, I think this is a first, right? We've never seen these guys before. No, we have not. Yeah. He, he wishes to enlist their services in exchange for a record contract at Misfits music video. Now, first, when I was watching this episode, I was confused. I'm like, why would these thugs want a record contract? But like, I, I rewinded it a bit, and then I noticed that the the place that they were in, they've got they're like instruments all over the place. So I get, I guess they're yeah, a band, right? They're a band. It was just like they're a thuggy band. <laughs> they're like a like a motorcycle chain gang band. I you know I, I guess a lot of bands back then were actually really thugs like i mean i know that the guys from guns and roses got in trouble with the law a lot i don't think anywhere near this though because of what they are about to do next jerica is feverishly packing fully pressed records of the new gem and the holograms album glitter and gold rio walks in and offers to help deliver the records but jerica is still mad at him and refuses for some reason rio says to jerica um you know you shouldn't be delivering records by yourself it's dangerous Help me answer this, because what exactly is dangerous about delivering records? I don't know. I don't know. Because, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, no, don't drive that van down don't the street. Don't drive the van down the street to the guy that needs the records. Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess in in fake San Angeles, um, the, the record pressing factory must be... In the tenderloin, I don't. I don't, know. don't don't try and justify this. It makes no sense. Well, on the road to see Owen, uh, Jerica is cut off by the skulls. Of course, uh, after stopping her, they begin destroying the records. But Rio shows up just in time to stop them. And of course, he ended up following her because he doesn't trust her being alone. I hate him so much. I know, I know. He's not a very good guy. So Jerrica goes back to him like this thing. She's like, you followed me. He's like, just because I'm mad doesn't mean I don't care. I'm like, shut up, shut up. None of this makes any sense. First of all, Jerrica is the one who needs to still be mad. And and Rio needs to be on his knees apologizing to her. And just because he showed up and stopped some thugs from beating you up or whatever, doesn't mean that you should take him back. Because you should be like, well, you never really had a real conversation with me. And you didn't apologize for any of the nasty things you said. You didn't say sorry to my sister. So I still don't want to see your face. But she didn't do that. At Discovery Records, the contest begins when doors open and hordes of holograms and misfits fan pour in. Unfortunately for the holograms, the misfits are ahead with respect to uh, record sales, uh, two to one, in fact. The misfits berate the holograms for their efforts and tell them that they might as well give up. But Jen tells her bandmates not to retaliate as their new music video is airing later tonight on Lindsay's show. Where the hell did they find the time to record not only an entire album, but a music video? The entire premise at the beginning is like, we're not, uh, we gotta do this, we gotta do this album real quick, we don't have enough time, we gotta make it for the, co and they, and they made a video? 
What? You know, Anthony Julian can do amazing things uh, with his little camcorder. And I don't know. I, I don't know. Who knows? Because, like, yeah, they, they set it up so, like, all this stuff was, like, super impossible to happen. But then they just made it happen without really even talking about it. So, a <laughs> uh, few things don't make sense in, in this episode. But anyways, the, the Glitter and Gold music video debuts on Lindsay's network. And more Gem and the Holograms fans uh, show up to buy the new album which allows them to just barely catch up to the misfits and we cut to a gem in the holograms slash misfits combo music video called we're up and you're down now, I, this is interesting it's weird i i like the music like when the misfits come in i i like it a lot better than the holograms it's it's, it's a weird hybrid song it really is but it's actually a lot of fun i love the um the interplay between the two of them and and all the you know stuff that happens as you know they're like oh we're up you're down we're up you're done like this is one point where they're like on boats going to an island with a gold record <laughs> it's a good contrast at least between like it's showcasing like the very different styles of the two bands like the much less yeah. aggressive gem and the holograms versus the misfits but i just i don't know the, the, the misfits song to me is it's just got a heavier like rocking sort of beat which i like but that's a personal preference yeah it's true i think i actually like the the holograms parts more than i like the misfits parts but i think it's just because i like britta's voice better Jem's voice better than I like Pizazz's necessarily. Oh, I, I agree. Like Britta's voice for sure is definitely is definitely better. Always, I'm down for a battle song. I love it. But can we just talk about how ugly the outfits for everybody was wearing? I don't they know. were pretty ugly. And by cool. did you notice that Jem uh, dropped the exclusive pink eyeshadow she's been wearing up until now? Yeah, I think you know from this point forward, we actually do see her um, in in a lot of different eyeshadow colors and color combinations her outfits get a bit more bold with the like patterns on them and stuff uh you see i feel like you see a lot of this in season two where you know she's not she doesn't just have like the pink eyeshadow but again i think it might be because they were trying to give uh or, or maybe they were patterning them off of dolls that were coming out and so like the new dolls had different eyeshadow colors and whatever, whatever. So they did fix it up more with the cartoon. I absolutely think that it was tied to the merchandising because they they tried. I mean, obviously, we all know the toy line wasn't successful, but I know they tried a lot of different things, releasing you know a new, new accessories, new entire clothing lines. I mean, the whole the whole glitter and gold thing was a whole new theme. So I I think it's actually regardless of the merchandising thing, I think it's kind of nice to have that that bit of variety in terms of the the looks of the characters that. The, you know, because, I mean, wearing the same color makeup exactly like every, I don't know, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's a little, it's a little silly. I think it's more realistic that she would have other colors that she would want to wear because it's like, look, it's still, it's still gem, right? It still looks like gem just because they changed the color. It's not like you're going to not recognize her. Yeah, she's got that pink hair, man. That pink exactly. hair. Exactly. The big, big 80s pink hair. Well, the holograms have gained on the misfits. Uh, Pizzazz, Stormer, and Roxy are desperate and ask Eric to do something. Eric decides to game the system by handing out free money to anyone that will buy a misfits <laughs> record. And Eric's like, free money, free money. <laughs> oh, I God. don't know why Eric thought that this would work. It, <laughs> just like handing people cash and being like, go use this cash for this thing. It's like, 
some of those people probably use that cash for lunch, sir. It works somewhat anyways, but Eric hands money to an elderly woman, uh, sorry, an elderly woman, singular. Uh, but when she walks out of Discovery Records, she's holding a copy of Glitter and Gold, and Eric tries to get the woman to go back in the store. He's like, no, 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 the misfits. But she tells him that the misfits don't look like very nice girls. <laughs> and I just, Eric has this look just total exasperated look on his face and he's also got no money for lunch this is why eric is the fredo of the raymond crime family stuff exactly like this like i love how he just pulls his pockets inside out just to just to show you like that he's got not a cent to his name it's brilliant well for a while it's uh, a bit touch and go but the balance is tipped when rio buys the last record needed for the holograms to reach five hundred thousand. Unfortunately for Gem and the Holograms, though, Owen disqualifies Rio because he works for the band. I mean, duh, of course, right? Duh, you should have like, thought about that. That wasn't going to work. <sighs> He's such a I'm sure he meant... Well, Rio, Rio meant well, right? I don't care. <laughs> okay. All right. Simmer down there. <laughs> <laughs> Bo- both the Holograms and the Misfits are now tied. Owen decides to extend the contest by one more purchase. Are the Holograms out of luck? Well, a young boy walks in to make a purchase, but there are no copies of Glitter and Gold. He reaches for the Misfits record, but Rio gives up his disqualified purchase so that the man has a choice. Clash tries to bribe the man, but Ashley grabs the money and insists the contest will be a fair one. And, of course, we wrap with Gem and the Holograms winning the contest by one purchase because they win everything in every episode. Yeah, of course, they win everything. Although, although the Misfits lost. <laughs> Although the Misfits lost, Stormer remains positive that they still sold, you know, half a million records. That's nothing to sneeze at, right? But Pizzazz does not take the loss well and has a temper tantrum and actually grabs one of her own albums and starts jumping up and down on it. She's like, I hate losing. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> so just brilliant voice acting there from, uh, um, what's her name? I'm more forgetting name. Well, I, I will say that it's so interesting. This once again illuminates Pizzazz's character because, yeah, like they sold a half a million records. And and beyond that, they were the number one, you know, band in America for however long that Jem wasn't around. And she was completely validated. Like the, she was validated in being a great musician with a great band that lots of people love, and she sold half a million records. But that is not enough for Pizzazz. She has to be winning. She has to be beating someone else to be happy, and she literally can't be satisfied with her own accomplishments because she's not winning against somebody else. I have to. I, I want to actually expand on that a, a tad, but let me just end with... Uh, of course, Owen presents the holograms with the prestigious Gold Album Award and the Gold Roadster. I just have a couple questions about this, though. There's this trend in this show where, like, these big record executives or owners of these big, like, corporations create these these really wacky contests for people to p- participate in. But, like, what does that Gold Album really mean? Because Gold Albums are for selling, like... I can't remember what the what the actual quota is, but it's like it's like millions and millions and millions of records. So the fact that the gold album is like here here's this gold album that represents you sold five hundred thousand copies is so so unrealistic. Well, I think it's 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 supposed to be kind of an amalgam of what was going on 
with music at the time because I Billboard didn't start doing this until I think the 90s. But I remember when they did, I was like, this is like that Gem in the Holograms episode. But remember, like when Billboard changed up how they were tallying which albums were the best, um, you know, which ones belonged on the charts. And it was directly tied to sales from major record sales. So they were like, every time uh, a thing is scanned and somebody buys that CD, it goes right to our stuff. And then we're like, you sold this many CDs. That means you're at the top of the charts. Um, and I think, I think that that sort of idea was around at the time. So it's kind of like billboard, awarding you you know like some sort of you know gold thingy or whatever because you you hit the top of the billboard charts or whatnot and and yeah like the gold silver platinum album thing like actually exists and comes from a different organization i don't know what that organization is but i think that they were trying to like combine sort of two things because the guy you know he owns a record store so it's a national record chain of course he would be involved in like awarding people sales awards i guess uh, like like you said, I, I don't know the name of the, the organization that's responsible for issuing the actual, you know, gold or the, the bronze, silver, gold, whatever the, the, the tiers are for, for those, uh, awards. But, uh, maybe, maybe he's like on the board of that, that governing body or whatever. So who knows? Yeah. But, uh, I, the question that I have that I, I kind of wanted to just, uh, quickly expand on about Pizzazz's tantrum. Tantrum at the end. You said it's you know it sort of encapsulates perfectly her her personality that she's never quite satisfied with anything. But do you think that that's what's happened here? Everything we've seen from Pizzazz up until now, especially with what happened in this episode, glitter and gold, with the fact that we see that they that they were number one for a while, that they did sell quite a lot of records. Do you think this reaction? this behavior is still realistic? Do you think a person could really behave like that even after that level of success, regardless? Yeah. Uh, if that person is a narcissist or they have borderline personality disorder, which I don't know, I think Pizzazz probably qualifies. On some some level right. of the well, spectrum. I, mean, I don't know that she, she would necessarily qualify as a true narcissist. But, but you know, it, it does go to the, the character they built for her. I mean... Let's go all the way back to episode six or seven, which is after, um, you know, like the, the group of episodes that were all one movie and they originally aired and then they split them into episodes. So, you know, Pizzazz and the Misfits have been like, we want to live in this mansion. We want to have this fancy car. We want to have the million dollars or whatever Howard Chance is giving them. And then when we get to the episode after that and the Misfits are all standing in Pizzazz's house, which is not that far from the Howard Sands mansion because they can see the mansion through binoculars. And Roxy and, Pizze and Roxy and Stormer are like, this is your house? Why would you be worried about winning a contest when you live in a house like this and you're a millionaire? And she's like, I don't like to lose. And so from the very beginning, we have seen that Pizzazz isn't actually in it for the roadsters and the mansions and the money she is in it because she does not want to be beat by anybody right so it's not it's not a, it isn't about all those other things really it's ultimately what this what this always what this has and what this always will boil down to is i want to be number one yeah it, i could have all the success in the world i could sell millions of albums but if gem sells two million and we're like one album short it doesn't matter how insignificant that 
that separation is, they it, she still wants to pull ahead of them. Yep. Interesting. Okay. That that makes perfect sense to me. It's definitely in line, I think, with her character. I wasn't really questioning that. I was questioning whether or not, like, somebody would behave like this. Somebody somewhere would, yeah. <laughs> sure. Right. There's always somebody somewhere. Well, on that note, uh, Kate Tempest Bradford, uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Tiny Tempest. And I always forget, but tell everybody, what is your website? My website is ktempestbradford.com, actually. And uh, are you still doing the Tempest Challenge? I am. I'm behind on uploading all the videos that I have. Um, there's going to be like a big uploading bonanza uh, really soon as we get into the holiday season. So, yes. So keep an eye out because there's going to be lots of episodes. If for everyone listening, if you're not subscribed, go subscribe to Tempest's YouTube channel. It's lots of fun. And of course, our show is available in iTunes. We would sincerely appreciate if you took a moment to drop into iTunes and leave us a review as we are entirely listener supported. And speaking of support, if you would like to donate to us, you can do that by going to, uh, and actually this is going to be, I should probably tell people uh, some of the stuff that we've been working on in the last couple of weeks. So as of this week, although I haven't officially announced it anywhere yet, uh, the Gemcast is now part of a new podcast network, which I decided to create called Hologram Radio. So everything has been moved over. If you're listening, you don't have to do absolutely... Well, actually, you don't have to do anything. Everything will transition over. Uh, you don't have to change the uh, RSS feed that you're subscribed to in your favorite podcast app. All that stuff will, will be automatically handled for you in the background. But anyways, it's a new podcast network that uh, only will have a handful of shows on launch, but I'm hoping to grow the network into, uh, into something that... Um, you know, has a, a unique uh, variety of, of different shows covering different topics, uh, featuring uh, a diverse cast of uh, people. So uh, you can uh, donate to us if you want to support the show by going to hologramradio.org forward slash donate and uh, yeah, give a buck or two or whatever you feel comfortable with. And until next week, show is over, Synergy. Synergy.